Welcome to Highway Christian Community Sermon Download. Our aim is to reveal from Scripture just how good God really is. Find more of our sermons and other links as well as contact details at our website www.highway.org.za That's H-I-G-H-W-A-Y dot org dot Z-A May this sermon bless you. Enjoy. and the goodness and the kindness of our, our Father who have received His pardon, His acceptance and have been qualified by Him. You, Lord, You alone deserve the praise and the honor and the glory. And even these times of refreshing like this, Lord, we pray that... I mean, we're really excited, Lord, to, to grow in our knowledge and our understanding of you, Holy Spirit, and your ways and your thoughts to us. If we were to count them, they would outnumber the grains of sand on the shore. How good are your thoughts and how good are your ways that you store up for those who love you that you pour out in the presence of their enemies. Lord, this morning, I thank you that you give us receptive hearts as you have, Lord. Ears to hear. Let your word, layer upon layer, concept to concept, precept upon precept, strengthen your body, strengthen your people, Lord, that we will not be like waves on the sea tossed around by every new wind of doctrine, but we will be solid and steadfast, holding to the truth of your gospel. In Jesus' name. I'm going to come back. Have a bit of worship in a while. As you take your seats, I just want to say I'm very excited about this coming month. You have been handed out when you came in this morning. The notices notifying you of our teach time over the next month. Where we're focusing on this very person we've been singing about. Isn't that beautiful to be in a place where the Holy Spirit is welcome? Where the Holy Spirit is experienced? And you know, for every one of us, he knows how different our needs are from the person next to us. He knows where our faith is, where our doubt is, where our unbelief is. And through his word, he's able to come and do what Jesus sent him to do, which was to comfort us. I will not abandon you, Jesus said. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will send the Holy Spirit. And this coming month, we're wanting to, like we did this morning... We just want to lay a foundation, and through the Word, and over the next couple of weeks, and on Mondays, and then to your life group. I know on that form that was handed out this morning, it says Thursdays, but that's the week of Thursday that the life groups fall in. If you're not in a home cell, uh, you can be here on a Monday night, and we are going to be doing these four four teachings over the month. Uh, With a life group that's serving this morning, please come up as we take up the offering. 
So if you're in a life group, you're welcome to come on a Monday. But if you're not, be great. Come along, order your meal today so that you can just come and have some fellowship. Amen. Are we ready to take up the offering this morning? Thank you for your great... uh, You're going to make me work hard today. I can see that. I'm going to work hard for an amen today. Come on. You know, it encourages the guy up front here when he just hears, even, even if you don't agree with him and you say, ouch. Just anything, just so he knows you're out there, it's very encouraging. So, I was, when I put this in my pocket this morning, I thought, what a privilege it is in this generation to give towards the gospel. Come on. Previous generations did it in their day. Future generations... Lord Tearing will do it in their day, but in our generation, we get to do it now. So when in our giving, what we're saying is my time, my talent, my effort, that is reduced down to my financial giving. So when you come to church, I hope those of you that aren't caught up in electronic giving also would bring something as an offering. You say, Steve, you're talking about money again. Yes, I'm talking about money again. Because the church needs money to run, amen? And the government doesn't give us a grant and it doesn't fall out of heaven. It comes from the people who believe in the gospel for this generation and that are committed to the cause of the local church. Can you say amen? Amen. So that's why we take it up. Oh, Steve, you're just talking about money because you're a pastor and you get a salary. Let me let you into a little secret here. I have to look to God like you have to look to God. Amen? Amen. So I don't look at the bank statements, who gives, who doesn't give, because I have to look to God and trust Him. Teaching on finances isn't just for the good of the church. I mean, it is for the good of the church, so the church can the, the, carry on doing what it's doing, but it's also for the good of you. Say me. Giving is good for you. You know why? It rids you from that awful, selfish, stingy nature that came from the pit of hell. Hello? Oh, I can see I've just made a whole lot of friends in this church today. I'm talking about money because it's for the good of the church, but it's for the good of us. When we put something in my pocket and I say, I want to give that today and I'm going to do it with joy. Come on. I'm not going to do it with like long, deep pockets and short little arms, you know, trying to reach down into the wallet next to me. I'm going to do it because I get to give in this generation. Without my giving, the church cannot function. And that would be a big loss for the kingdom of God. Amen. So I hope you give joyfully as we should. Amen. Thank you. We're starting a home group after church this morning here at the church. And that's for those who come from a distance and who uh, can't get to a home group during the week and can't get it and they stay far distances. So a life group starting with uh, uh, where I see Pascal somewhere and 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 and, and, and blue and and beauty out there somewhere, and I want to meet this morning with those who are interested in being part of that. I spoke to some folk last week in the mother's room at the back there, but first you're going to at your life. This is your life group this morning, Sofiso. Where are you? This is your life group this morning. You're worshiping, and then you're going to go and drink coffee and have some fellowship, and then at eleven o'clock, just for twenty minutes or so, we're going to come together to just agree and pray. Amen. So that's what's happening this morning, and I hope I've remembered it all.
I have a to-do list with to-do lists to remind me about my to-do list. So that I even have a to-do list to remind me to put my glasses on when I read my to-do list. So that, uh, Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for every day with Jesus is sweeter than the day before. And as that song we sung now, I need you more than the ocean needs the shore. Is that true? Lord, we pray that our hearts would be open and touched by you and by your ongoing kindness to us. Even as we open our hearts this morning to this beautiful subject of Holy Spirit. Wow, what a privilege. What a joy. Let me ask you this morning, um, who's been anointed with the Holy Spirit? Okay, who have you have been, who's been filled with the Holy Spirit? Um, who's been baptized in the Holy Spirit? Okay, I'm talking to the right people. A couple of you, I don't think you're going to raise your hands no matter what I say. <laughs> but I definitely am speaking to a group of people who love and believe that the Holy Spirit is for today. Amen. Um, whenever I come to this topic, you think, Steve, you've been doing this for 30 years. You taught on it so many times. It must be a breeze. But can I be honest with you? I come with a sense of trepidation. I come with a sense of God. It's, we don't need more just understanding about the Holy Spirit. We need new revelation so that we can experience Him more in our lives, so that others around us can experience Him. That's what discipleship is all about. It's us being discipled in the Holy Spirit and then us passing on to others what we've received. See, you can't give what you haven't got. You don't understand grace, you can't give it away. You don't understand who the Father is, you can't give it away. And I want to challenge you and ask you to pray with me and for yourself and for me that in this month, our revelation and understanding and appreciation of who the Holy Spirit is, what the Holy Spirit wants to do, how He operates, will become, take us to a new level and a new understanding. So that we can give away what we've got. It's like Peter. They were at Pentecost, got baptized in the Holy Spirit. But in chapter 4, he needed to be refilled. And when he was down in Samaria, uh, and he was with people who'd heard about Jesus, but they hadn't been baptized in the Holy Spirit, he was able to give away what he had. But if he never had it, he couldn't have given it away. There were Christians who hadn't received the Holy Spirit. But because he'd received, he could give. Paul, when he went to Ephesus, same thing. He asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They said, we're only being baptized into John's baptism. And he laid hands and they prayed for them to receive. Paul couldn't have given away something he never had. Is your filling in the Spirit sufficient for you and for you to give away? The Holy Spirit is in you for your sake. He's on you for others' sakes. I've said it many times. Christianity is not difficult. It's impossible. So God said, I will give you my spirit and you will receive power when my spirit comes upon you. But you know, so I come to this topic with a certain amount of, of trepidation, a certain amount of, God, 
what can I, how can I treat such a, an awesome, ma- magnificent subject? I mean, it's, it's just too great for words. I felt the Lord drop four things that kind of settled me a bit. And the first one is this, is that when we talk about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about God's Spirit. We're not just talking about some force out there. We're not just talking about some fun we have when people go and roll and laugh and bark and jump around. They might do those things out of a reaction to something that's being delivered in their lives, But that's not just what we're talking about. We're talking about God's own spirit. You see, God is a spirit. God is spirit. You know, when you when you spirit and you give someone your spirit, you're giving them everything you are and have. There's nothing more to give. His children. He already gave Jesus Christ and through his blood brought salvation. He now says, Here's my spirit. Not just a little dabble, do you? Not a little drop and a little sprinkle here and there. Jesus, our example, came and lived in the Holy Spirit. And we're going to look at that next week. We're going to look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the life of Jesus. And then when the week after that, we'll look at the work of the Holy Spirit in the early church. And then, God willing, the week after that, we're going to look at the Holy Spirit in the gifts that He gives to the church. And God willing, by then, many of us will be brought to new understandings. But first... You want the best that God can give you? God wants to give you and has given us His Spirit. I don't know if it's a true story about this king who was looking for a a queen and sent out all these uh, messengers and they brought back all these lovely ladies and had them dressed up and brought in one by one to the king and he interviewed them, and he asked them a question. He said, if I were to marry you, and I would grant you any request up to half my kingdom, what would it be? And all of them, it was a farm, and a this with the parents, and wealth, and gold. And then one of them said, King, I have one request, but I have to whisper it in your ear. I can't say this publicly. So he granted her her wish. And she came over, and she whispered in his ear, just that I can know that you will love me all the days of my life. Whether it's a true story or fable, he told his wise men, that's the woman. Because out of all of them, he found one that really wanted him, not what he had. We can come to God and talk about the Holy Spirit as something he's got for us. We can talk about the gifts and all those things that, that, that are there and for us. But first and foremost, God is spirit. And he says that I will give you who I am, my very essence, my very being. If you will come and whisper in his ear and say, God, there's nothing I want more than who you really are. You want the Holy Spirit. That's all God has to give you because that's who he is. Himself. And when we were born again, the second thing, we receive his spirit. And I've already said you can't give away what you haven't got. We need a revelation of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Not just Holy Spirit is a tag on at the end of the message. But who God is. He is spirit. You know, it also says that God is love. 
And then Paul ties those together in Romans 5 and he says, the love of God is poured into hearts by the Holy Spirit. God is spirit. God is love. And he wants to give you the essence of who he is. And he says, I'm going to let my Holy Spirit, my spirit, come and live inside of you. Now we know the Easter message is all about how God qualified us for that. Thank God we don't have to jump through loops and perform and go through religious ceremonies in order to receive this wonderful gift. But, but let, me, let me illustrate it like this. If I were to take this glass here and fill it, at some point it will be filled. Yeah, thanks Janet for... Uncovering my weakness. Let's say it's full to the brim, full to the top. That glass is filled. But what happens if this jug over here is filled with water to the top, and I take this glass of water, and I submerge it into it? What's happened to that glass? What's happened to that glass now that it's inside there? other than looking like a really cool ornament. That glass has been baptized. You see, there's one baptism in the Holy Spirit. We're baptized into the body of Christ, but then we see through Scripture there are many fillings. One evangelist said that's because we leak. I don't know how true that is. But the reality is that we can't get a higher quality of God's spirit. When he gives you his spirit, he gives you his own spirit. But we certainly can come into fresh fillings and fresh encounters. Is that something you want for your life? Because your Christianity cannot be lived outside of that experience. Being baptized in the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? I want to look at a few qualities quickly of the Holy Spirit. Number one, he's a person. Say person. He's not just a power or an influence. He has intelligence. Romans, it tells us. He has a will to do things, Corinthians tells us. God ha- Holy Spirit has knowledge, 1 Corinthians 2.11. He, he's affectionate. The Bible says. The Holy Spirit does things that only a person can do. He spoke, Acts 8, 29. He commands, Acts eleven twelve. He calls, Acts 12, 13, 2, for Paul and Barnabas to the, their job. I'm not going to read all. You can imagine if we spend time reading these scriptures. And they will be on the internet. They will be posted, uh, the notes, so you don't have to furiously take Just let it soak for now. Just let it soak. We're talking about the Holy Spirit as a person. You can get the notes off the internet or at the teaching time. He restrains, keeps us back, keeps us out of things at times. He invites us, Revelations 22, verse 19. He strives with us and he speaks, Revelations 2, 7. The Holy Spirit was also treated in the scripture as a person. He could be blasphemed, 
as Jesus warned against. He could be grieved, as Paul wrote. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit can be quenched. His work in our life, we can turn a quiet ear to him. He can be lied to, as Ananias and Sapphira did. He can be insulted. Hebrews author says, don't insult the Spirit of grace. He can be resisted. We can resist the Holy Spirit's work in our life. We don't have to fear like David that God will take his spirit from us. But by resisting him, we quench and we limit his flow in our life. He can be tested, as we see in Acts 5 verse 9. And the Holy Spirit has attributes of deity. What does that mean? I'm so glad you asked. The Holy Spirit is God's spirit. That means he's of the same essence. But he's also, in Scripture, very clearly shown to be God. He's all-knowing. He's omniscient, in other words, as we see in these Scriptures. He's all-present, every place at the same time. He's all-powerful. In Psalms and Zechariah, we see that. And he's eternal. Hebrews says the eternal spirit. And, of course, he's holy. He is the Holy Spirit. So these are some of the nature, the, the person, the, the quality that Scripture, as I've been meditating and studying, and as you can see, that's a lot of Scripture to get through. But as I've been reading and thinking through these Scriptures again and letting them get into my heart and not just kind of coming with an old idea of what I've had about the Holy Spirit, but saying, Lord, I want to f- lay a good foundation. I will remember again who you are and that, first of all, that you are God's spirit, but that you are God. You're not a lesser. You are God. In fact, it's interesting because in Jeremiah 31, the Bible says, A time is coming, declares the Lord, and I will make a new covenant. But then in Hebrews, when it quotes that passage, it says in Hebrews 10, 15, The Holy Spirit testifies about this, saying that this is the new covenant I will make with them. And in the Old Testament, in Isaiah 6, verse 8, uh, he says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Who will I send? And here I am. Go and tell this people you'll be ever hearing but never understanding. But when we read that scripture in Acts 28, the same scripture quoted from Isaiah, it says, The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when he said through the prophet Isaiah, This people will be ever hearing but never understanding. Can you see the interplay and the interchange? The same word spoken when God, the scripture says God spoke, it says the Holy Spirit spoke. The Holy Spirit speaking is God speaking. The Holy Spirit wants to draw attention to Jesus, but in doing that, the Holy Spirit is never less. And I enjoyed worship this morning because the central focus was on Jesus, but we could sense the flowing and the working of the Spirit among us. Who knows the Holy Spirit? I feel like that teacher asking her class, who understands electricity? And one of the students put their hands up and then thought about it and quickly took it down again. So the teacher stopped and said, "Um, okay, I'd like to hear what you think electricity is. You who sheepishly put your hand up and down. 
And she said, um, sorry, I forgot. And the teacher said, well, that's a real pity because you're the only person who would ever have been able to explain it. Because electricity, doesn't matter how you theorize it and formulas and seeing the results of it and the outworking of it, it's not really something that you can get in the sense of what, who really understands electricity? How much less the Holy Spirit? Just when we think we understand what the Holy Spirit's doing, He changes direction. No wonder Jesus referred to Him as a wind that blows. No wonder He's related to oil. The person of the Holy Spirit. So I've studied and I've looked at some of these things and I'm saying, God, I don't fully understand this. Am I filled? Did he come on me? Did he come through me? Is he around me? Is, you know, I see in the Old Testament, he was there for short periods of times on the prophets, priests, and kings. But God, I don't get all of this. I know he's on us and he abides. He's never going to leave us. And I felt like my tension moved away from just what I can understand. And he has a powerful scripture for us to read. In this regard, it says, Jesus speaking, on the last and greatest day of the feast, Jesus stood and said in a loud voice, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scriptures has said, streams of living water will flow from within him. And by this, he meant the spirit who those who believed in him were later to receive. Because up till that time, the Spirit had not been given since Jesus had not been glorified. Can you see what the antidote is for a dry season? Can you see what the antidote is for when we go through desert experiences? It's only in the Old Testament that they had to dig wells. In the New Testament, there's a spring that flows. We below the water level, and it gushes out. Because like that old revival preacher, whoever he was, said, stay under the spout where the glory comes out. Those are those, that's the difference between a well that you've got to dig. And incidentally, this came up at the prayer meeting on Wednesday morning. Incidentally, in John when he spoke to the Samaritan woman, that's the last time a well is mentioned in the New Testament. Because we live in a spring. There's a spring that is ready to flow. A river, not a swamp, a river that's able to flow out of our lives. And then the final scripture in Luke chapter 11 verse 10. Ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be open to you. For everyone who asks receives. He who seeks finds, and to him who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you're evil, in comparison to God born in sin, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give 
the Holy Spirit to those who ask. There's a river of life flowing out of me. For those who will ask. There's a spring. There's a life source. And Jesus says in comparison, I mean, can you imagine my grandson, Logan, on Saturday morning comes, sees me cooking up some breakfast and says, Papa, uh, can I have some scrambled eggs this morning? And I say, great idea, boy. And then I just slip a scorpion under the toast and I cover it with eggs. I mean, that's kind of sick, eh? I mean, even to think that's probably quite sick. Jesus says, in comparison to God, you're evil, but you wouldn't do that. You're not going to do that. How much more will my heavenly Father, who's perfect, give you the Holy Spirit if you really fast and pray and work hard and become a more righteous Christian? My Father who will give you the Holy Spirit if you become an elder in a church and go and plant a church and crawl across broken glass for the sake of the gospel. How much more will the Heavenly Father give you the Holy Spirit if you ask Him? Daddy, you're a spirit. You are the Holy Spirit. When you give me the Holy Spirit, you're giving me yourself. I can't get any more than that. Riches, untold, cannot qualify, cannot come close to how beautiful that is. No wonder Peter writes, at least Paul writes in Ephesians, says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. And he uses the imperative form of the verb, be filled. He doesn't use the indicative as a statement. He doesn't use the subjunctive. He doesn't use a participle. He doesn't use an optative sense of the word. And I'm just throwing some nice fancy words out there so you think I'm very clever because, you know, I really am. He doesn't use those expressions of the verb. He uses the imperative. Be filled. It's a command to be filled. But here's the thing. It's a command with this incredible experience. It's like me saying, be at my house tomorrow morning. I've got to check for a million bucks for you. Okay? I'm not asking you to be. I'm not pleading. I'm not being nice. I'm not making a statement. I'm saying, you will. I command you. Be at my house tomorrow morning because I've got 20 million bucks to give you. Do you get it? Do you get it? And this gift that we have, I can stand before God with a pure conscience and say, you can bring me 20 million rand to renounce the Holy Spirit and I will spit on the 20 million rand. How much more valuable is the person of the Holy Spirit. Because this is not just one of God's little gifts he gives us. This is God himself that he gives to us. And he says, be filled. Because this, my friend, is the difference between an ordinary Christian life and a victorious Christian life, as we're going to look at in the next couple of weeks. I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, but I want to plead with you this morning, and I want to say, your Father in heaven isn't going to give you something bad when you ask for His Spirit. I know sometimes we see some funny manifestations when people get full of the Spirit. They fall over, and some people roll, and, and they speak in other tongues, and you're sitting there going, what's all this? What's all this about? I don't know what's going on. Is this some kind of weird sect or cult? Well, I I hope we can dissuade you from that thinking. 
Over the next few weeks as we unpack the gifts and this beautiful gift of speaking in other tongues. A love language that God gave us to speak not just from our understanding or our wisdom or or our our frame of reference. But a, a language that cries from deep unto deep. My friend, the Bible says, seek after these gifts. Be hungry for them. Be filled. Don't despise them. Don't say they're for other people. Don't say I can do without them. Because you you are looking a gift horse. In the face. When you say, well, it's for other people. No, my friends, the love gifts that come with the person of the Holy Spirit. I love the fact that it's called the charismata. That's the Greek word for gifts, charismata. It's from the word charis, which is the word grace, which means unearned, undeserved, and for free. The same Holy Spirit that God gives when we ask Him without conditions attached to those who've been born again and have been accepted Christ in their lives. That same Holy Spirit wants to give you gifts that you don't deserve, that you can't earn, that you can do nothing to get by going and getting a doctorate in theology. But God says, if you are come as a little children and ask, knowing that I've got good things. Don't despise when you hear people prophesying. Don't despise it when you hear people speaking in tongues. Because when you come into understanding of these things, you might be glad you didn't resist them. I'm getting ahead of this series a little bit. But I want to remind you, God gives good gifts. You don't ask him for the Holy Spirit and he'll give you some whack job. You don't ask him for the Holy Spirit and he gives some tongues, language that's going to bring you into bondage. And what if it's demonic? Well, that's like saying God put a scorpion under the toast on my scrambled eggs. God gives good gifts. I don't know about you. I'm glad I plan to be done before 10 minutes to the end. Can we get, we're going to declare a song of praise. But but here's the thing. Here's what I want to leave you. Can I leave you with something? Steve, Steve, you left us with a lot this morning. I don't know. I hope so. I compacted a lot into this. The shorter the message, the more preparation. Trust me. This is not just, this is years of preparation. Is that... I want, I want more. Thanks, Steve. I want more. Come on. I want, I want more. Amen? Is there something in you that's saying that this morning? Saying, I'm not satisfied or content where I am. I want more. I want to do what Jesus says and come and drink. And then I want some more. Because he said you'll get love, joy, and peace in the Holy Ghost. The Holy Spirit. Ghost was a Germanic word meaning spirit. Love, joy, and peace in the Spirit. I sometimes feel like my, my backslidden dog has got more joy than me some days. Do you ever feel like it? Like the heathen at work? is more forgiving and loving than you are and you like the born again spiritual guy I think sometimes my three old granddaughters got more patience than me but then she doesn't drive 
in traffic. But I'm saying, God, I know there's a lot more love. There's a lot more joy. And I've also got some things in my life I'm not happy with. And I'm going to submit to the working of your spirit. Come on. Jesus said, the things that I've been doing, you will do. And even greater things than these you will do. Are you content? Do you think you've arrived? Oh, I saw a leg grow one inch 22 years ago. Hallelujah. Knock yourself out. God, I'm not satisfied. There's got to be a hunger that says, I want more. Do you want to drink with me this morning? Do you want to stand up? Can we drink this morning? Only those who feel like they've received everything, welcome to leave. But everybody else, come on. This might be a simple illustration, but don't you want to just say, Father, I want to be thirsty this morning. I want to be thirsty and I want to drink. You said from my belly will flow rivers of living water. And you've been glorified. You went to the Father so that you could send this your very own spirit, God's spirit, not a spirit, but the spirit, God himself, the spirit, the Holy Spirit to indwell me and live in me. Drink, 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 drink. Rain down, rain down. I'm not going to call people up this morning that are thirsty because my assumption is we're all thirsty. So just where you're standing right now, I want to make a declaration over you. That regardless of what theological background you've come out of or what experiences you think you've had or think you haven't had, right now, right now, I declare on the authority of the Word of God that those who believe will receive those who are thirsty will come and they will drink and they will receive I declare on the authority of God's word that he gives good gifts right now right now as you lift up your hands as an act of surrender of receiving of just embracing Spirit of God, would you take these words spoken by man this morning and sift them from the words from your word, from your spirit, cause them to penetrate deep into our lives. And right now, fresh filling, fresh filling, fresh filling, fresh filling, fresh filling, fresh fire from heaven, fresh fire from heaven. Rain down, rain down, rain down, rain down, rain down. Fill, fill. Overflowing, overflowing. Rain down, rain down. Rain down, rain down. Fill, 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 fill. Rain down, rain down, rain down. Rain down, rain down, rain down.